fifteen to eighteen hundred. Yeah, that's insane. You know, that's you know imagine. that's and and you know, unlike uh, a high school or a secondary school, where in the state system you'd look at, oh, you know, a uh, uh, a counselor, a school counselor would look after maybe one or two year levels, and yes, that's yeah. you know anywhere between two to twelve hundred students. Yeah, I, and these are all you you know, and at high school you'd be looking after minors so there's yeah. caregivers and guardians yeah. and parents that you engage with in their learning yeah. i have to look after up to 1818 plus yeah, adults. They're, adults. They're, adults. they're adults they're meant to have significantly more responsibility yeah but some of them <laughs> don't <laughs> some of them behave like they're i don't know is it harsh to say that I think the students that I worked with at my previous gig um, mm. in, in the state system were far and away more level-headed than some of our some of the students that I engage with now. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. And there's like a, you know, there's a up to 10-year age gap between the high school kids that I work with yeah. and the students I work with now. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just look I at it like, oh. Because you did say, like, if you give some of these students you work with now, mm. give, like, the vibe of they were maybe, like, spoon-fed a lot of their life. And that's yeah. what makes me think that, like, I wonder if, because the students that you worked with in your previous role probably wouldn't have been, you know, they probably had gone through their own, like, trauma and mm. struggles and stuff like that. And that's what I yeah. wonder if, like, maybe because of the trauma and those types of students, like, they get – they grow up to be a little bit more resilient mm. and independent because I have to be yeah. whilst the ones that you have now are potentially they probably never had to be so they're mm. like they have no idea <laughs> they have no idea but at least they're learning now because they're far away from home and well, some of them are and they got to learn now yeah and I think um yeah what you're saying is obviously very important and Yes, a lot of the students that I, you know, the high school kids that I used to work with did come from families or from homes that weren't quite the best learning environment. However, I think resilience, you know, is an incredibly important part of the learning process. And while I'd like to say, uh, you know, the dark humor side of me says, yes, trauma is the biggest determining factor in that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I find that. I guess here in Australia, when we think of the families, there's a lot of like, okay, for the a lot of the Anglo, for a lot of the Anglo-European families in Australia, um, for a lot of the white kids, yes, you'll get more independence, right? But for a lot of us, you know, brown folk and Asian people, or even mm. um, black folk out there, um, like yes okay there's a level of there's a level of monitoring by parents that goes on and we've discussed this before we we have the all wandering eye of our parents yeah. until like, like until normal. we move out of the house right but yeah. we've adapted i guess yes. that's a that's a benefit for us living here in a country where there is a level of independence when you are 13 and above um and even though we and even though we had the wandering eye of our parents, we were able to continue to do what we need to do to survive those sorts of things. 
I guess when you put that back into the mix and you look at students from different countries and you look at their level of connection and how close-knit their families are, uh, some some of this still might be rooted in familial like negative experiences and there might be trauma associated with that but they still they still haven't developed a level of independence that you would see you know you like 25 year old uni students like that are local versus um international you see a marked difference in their engagement and their learning and how they socialize so it it's a it's a mixed bag for sure mm. which means that i am <laughs> it's never it's never a boring day yeah i love how you say that i say that all the time about my job when people ask me i always end with but you know it's never boring <laughs> mm. i like like to end on a positive and it's like i'm always <laughs> engaged my mind's always working yes but <laughs> at what cost do you know <laughs> you sharing all of this and for like people that get to listen in on this Mm. you know it's a new perspective now because I guess in the past we've talked about both of our experiences with young people in high school um you know you've had experience with higher ed before but now you're fully delved into it this is yeah I'm fully part of the the system (laughs) it's not a part-time thing you are like this is it this is like your life you're you're in it now and it's a cool like and it for me too it's really cool to hear the the insides of it all you know just from an insider point of view yeah and what what I guess particularly in like the first few weeks of the of the job um uh you know a lot of people asking oh Josh how long do you think you'll stay here and I guess for me I knew immediately from accepting the gig that it would be it wouldn't be a one-year thing i'd have to stay here for longer i've sort of made peace with the fact that i'll have to stay here for at least three to five years um Mm. that's not necessarily a bad thing um i do need to see a couple of dry seasons through first to really get my way around this institution but um i know that this project and my role needs more scaffolding because there was literally nothing in the beginning and yeah. i i guess i i'll know when i'm ready to be to go yeah. or i i know when i'm ready to be poached by another institution yeah. um when i feel comfortable in the knowledge that i have been able to upskill quite a number of people or you know share the knowledge and share the strategy of how to engage with particularly complex cohort of students um yeah you know, and get that scaffolding in and those processes in place. Um, and to have at least a, a, you know, a nice corpus of knowledge, a nice body of knowledge, at least that stays, you know, is documented somewhere. Um, yeah. The biggest thing that I, d- I don't want to do is leave um, my current workplace without, leave, you know, leaving some kind of guide or knowledge behind um i guess you know it really just depends on the who who are the decision makers at the end of the day 
um i'm only one piece of this complex puzzle so you know i, I you know I'll, I'll be here for at least three years i think i'll yeah. say that i think um it'll be interesting to see how we progress on um yeah. as we get more and more students uh on board in camp on campus but face to face um but yeah, I, I'm quietly confident that the work that I'm doing is actually making a difference. Um, and I'm hopeful that we'll see s- these sorts of outcomes sort of towards the end of this semester. Um, yeah. Because then this will be my first full semester with working with students uh, and trying to get all of those like proactive, preemptive um, things in place. But, yeah. yeah, and I do feel like that is one of the most um meaningful like my favorite part of the job is seeing mm. impact <laughs> and I think that it does take a bit of time definitely yeah in therapy it's a very long time sometimes yes. you never see it but to, for you to stay there for at least four years you will definitely see a change which is yeah. I hope good because it means that you get to see the work you've put in and the mm. changes and the differences that happen and that's the only thing that when I move, so I've moved a few schools, like it's all the same organization, yeah. different schools. I miss the fact that I don't get to see the students come back because mm. they come back. I'm not there. I'm at a different school because that was yeah. my favorite part is when they'd come back, they'd just drop in randomly and be like, this is what I'm doing now. And it's like, yeah, just so heartwarming. So, mm. yeah, sticking around is good for that. <laughs> get to yeah. See the impacts. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah one of the things that will be really interesting is just to see um yeah the number of students that were able to are able to stay here um yeah and that's one of the things i miss as well about one of the things i didn't get to experience um in my previous job working with young people was that element of returning to a school yeah um yes if i had stayed longer i probably would have gotten the same allocations for the most part but I think it was a good time for me to move spaces yeah um, you know and and acknowledging the fact that not-for-profit is an extremely difficult space to stay in and stay employed in um yep yes as much as I would have as much as I would have loved to stay where I used to be working um you know, and and I th- I think I count myself lucky because yes, I moved. Yes, this the position that I'm working in it pays extremely well, um, and you know it's really helped because of the current cost of living crisis that we're in. Fun times. Yay! Um, what a fun segue. I think we'll let let's talk about this cost of living <laughs> crisis that we're yeah, in. Yeah, let's. Um, because I'm curious to know how things have changed in Brisbane. And yes, I've been back to Brisbane once in the three months that I've been up here. But obviously yeah. I've only been I was only there for like a week. <laughs> yeah. But so but how have things changed? I feel like I'm really noticing, like at work with the students, I'm really mm. noticing a lot of students having to move. So like families having to move. And then yeah. moving further out because, you know, where I'm situated is it's not super far from the city. It's probably like 30 minutes or something yeah. from the city where the school's at, 30, 40. Um, but students are having to move further out. So we've lost a few due to, like, they're just far away now. And yeah. I do think that that is 
a result of the cost of living because rent's going up and you know groceries is going up so that they can't afford the rent that they're paying at places closer to the city so that's been really tricky Mm. um and for like on personal level I feel like the budget has had to be looked at again (laughs) Mm. a household budget has had to be looked at again and really stuck to (laughs) Mm. which you know I should have been doing before but I feel like I had this like there was a grace there that I was giving myself which Mm. was like you know it's okay if I like overspend on my budget but it's not okay now (laughs) yeah I must stick to budget otherwise like just forfeit things like forfeit eating out rest in peace I don't think that as often now um you know forfeiting those luxuries those luxuries that I was living a good life (laughs) I still am but I'm just living a more frugal humble (laughs) humble life yeah so we've been lucky as a family like family (laughs) so funny that I (laughs) refer to me my partner as a family but as a as a household we've been all right um uh, it does make me think about going back to five days a week because I work four days I've done that since the beginning of this year and it's been lovely but Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, and also on that, I joined the union recently. Oh, yeah. To Ooh. fight for for the cost of living, um, like increase in our wage. Yeah. So we have an EBA, which technically it's an enterprise bargaining agreement, which, which mm-hmm. means that there really shouldn't or isn't um, any increase in wage outside of the EBA. So the EBA actually yeah. tells you, like, at this time, we'll give yeah. you an increase at this time. But yeah. obviously that was written, what, two and a bit years ago now, and cost of living is crazy. So we actually won. Um, we wrote a letter. Yeah, we wrote a letter. We all got together. We talked to the union reps, and we did get that 4%. It's a 4% increase okay. that the rest of the state system got. Okay, um, cool. So they'd initially only given it to teachers, and that's where the uproar Uh, happened. Because it's like, we love our teachers, but also, like, what about the rest of us? Yes. So they finally gave it to the rest of us, and so that's been good. And Uh I think that's what it's been like on this side of the world. How about for you? Uh, I guess one of the big things up here, at least when I first moved, is that it's already an inherently more expensive place to live. Um, Mm. Again, like I mentioned earlier, is that we are literally isolated. It's like it's it's four hours away from anything by plane. Um, So that gives you a little bit of an idea (laughs) about like discounting. Okay, we've got Catherine, we've got Tennant Creek, we've got the Alice. Um, Discounting the territory towns, like we are we are so far from everything else so everything's already expensive to begin with like fuel petrol is you know high it it always stays high um and i guess cost of living like you go out to cafes you get coffee you're probably paying you know maybe the same as you would find things in brisbane or even more expensive like coffee and stuff so yeah yeah and rent moving up here it it's been an it's been a wild time um 
with vacancy rates at less than four percent or even two percent so like for me having to find a space having having to find a place to live first and foremost and you know i'm fighting with 20 30 other people to inspect a property yeah and then it's it's really a cutthroat environment so it's like first come first serve or you know you might get i had an example where i booked an inspection and then it was cancelled because the agent had signed a contract with a uh with someone who was going to rent sight unseen so they didn't even expect a property they just signed the they just wow. filled out the application and signed the contract. So I was like, what the fuck is happening? That's um, like crazy. That's it a, is. On a level. It, it genuinely is. And like the place I'm living in is, is you know, more expensive. I'm paying like $450, $460 a week. Mm. And this is a one bedroom unit. Mm. Yes, it's a, yes, it's a pretty nice place to live. But goddamn, like, where am I going? Like, if I was in Brizzy, 460 a week would get me so much more than this yeah maybe maybe actually maybe actually like, probably a house like, actually maybe, probably yeah. a house, house yeah yeah in yeah. the suburbs last i checked in yeah. my suburb you can probably get a, a i can probably house. buy a house and then pay mortgage for <laughs> and i'd be fine but you know that's and that's not including utilities so at the end of the day i'm looking at paying closer to 500 a week right and i'm trying you know yes i have i still am able to survive and i think being a single person (laughs) um means that if i buy stuff in bulk things get to stay a lot longer (laughs) it's it's very funny because um, my family came up and visited and i was like why am i buying why is there so much more stuff that's just going Oh yeah, like, you're like oh, now, right. now, now I see speed. now I see the stark difference between a single person household versus like a three, four, five person household. Imagine <laughs> like the amount of food that if you cooked a meal, you could probably save it for more for many, many days more more meals than yeah, yeah. if there was other people eating. <laughs> yeah, and then like household supplies. It's like Ooh. all of the basics. Oh yeah, okay. I don't have to buy household supplies for like a month or something. Like the, like toilet paper. Good old toilet paper. Toilet paper for some reason. Good old toilet yeah. paper. It's yeah. like the classic Rona thing. Um but yeah, like I'll have toilet paper, I think, for the rest of this year. So it's like yeah, no. as a single person, it's like it's fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> to not have to worry about like the dailies. <laughs> yeah, the other like the other people. Yeah. And what they also cost. <laughs> yes. But at the end of the day, like I'm I know I have to yes, budget, 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 budget. Um and I don't go out like um we have a lot of markets here, but I don't go out and see them. Um mm-hmm. trying to, you know, um keep all of the sort of cost stuff as well in check um yeah so just trying to be yes uh, we haven't seen as bad of a an increase and like with my current agreement um the rent that i pay does isn't going to change for a year um until i have to revisit the contract again if i stay Mm -hmm. so which is really good i mean that's, that's that yeah. rather than rather than having to face a market out there incredibly volatile after three months yeah. my rate could change I, yeah i just bite the bullet and stay here 
and it's a lovely space um but yeah all these all these fun sorts of things and then you know if it's hard for me as someone who's employed by a higher education institute think about the students who have to move you know great distances and then have to compete with what kind of budget that's right and so they're studying and like what how much time do they have to work I mean would they work depending what visa they're on it's I yeah I would struggle Mm -hmm. I'm always humbled by we have some friends that live in Sydney and where sometimes we visit them and they're on a uh, like a student S visa they're from overseas from Chile Mm -hmm. and I'm always humbled when I go there because it is it is a not a struggle but it is a you know you have to work on it every day because they're studying English they have to work to to rent rent in Sydney is I was gonna swear freaking expensive for like it's a little mm. place and you have to have like have roommates to even afford to live in Sydney so yeah it's definitely yeah it definitely is hard on certain type of uh, types of people in different circumstances so I'm always mm. feeling so grateful for that what I have but it's good that you've put down for the no rent changing in a in a year because I was thinking about that reminded me of interest rates and how interest rates keep literally ch- I swear I get an email every like two weeks saying that my mortgage interest rate is gonna go up and I just can't keep track because I'm like okay and, and when they do that email the the interest rate doesn't go up until like the next month so yeah. we're like back we're like backpedaling so I'll get something this month but it won't happen for a few months yeah but then by the next few months I've already gotten an email for the yeah. next and then and yes. it's just like if only we could lock which we, we can in the such thing as rates but yeah um locking things in now seems like yeah. yeah no I got very lucky I think um it was like I read through the contract and I was like oh good there's no like it was a, it was a standard contract um and I got very fortunate with like the place that I'm in and the landlord that I'm you know renting from um so you know trying to you know yeah in many ways I got lucky um with the the place that I eventually did get and yes it's expensive but I'd I'd be curious to see what sort of shifts happen in the next sort of the last you know the next six to nine months um yeah when when if the market does shift you know what's going to happen and all those sorts of things but yeah yeah hmm Mm-hmm. That was a really good little segue into that. Um, I wonder if we could maybe move in talking about what what the next six months or the hopes that you have. For the next mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unpack This Brain. If you want to find us, we are on Instagram and Facebook. Just search our handle, Unpack This Brain. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a rating and review wherever you are listening to us. Maybe share us to a couple of your friends as well. If you'd like to share something with us, feel free to leave us a comment on our latest posts or send us a DM or even send us an email, unpackthisbrain at gmail.com. Our theme music is taken from a track called Spirals by Tanda. You can find their music on dantanda.com forward slash music. D-A-N-T-A-N-D-A dot com slash music. 
We are created and produced by the lovely people over at Great Mates Podcasts. Feel free to subscribe to any podcast created by Great Mates wherever you're listening. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast has been produced on the lands of the Larakia, Turabul, and Jagra people, and would like to pay our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander First Nations owners, wherever we are living, working, and creating. <laughs>